Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steven and I are together in the Cleveland studios. We've got another indictment to talk about, but first of all, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Just uh, getting through it. Uh, but fortunately, I don't have 91 different charges against me in multiple states and with the federal government, so I guess things yeah, could be things, worse. Things could definitely be worse. Um, we, this one is, all right, so the most recent one is the Georgia indictment for uh, attempting to election bully, election, Yeah, election interference. Um, now, I know that Mark Meadows is trying to get it moved to the federal level because they want to get it pardoned once they stall past the election. Yep. And uh, because that's not a well-veiled secret, is it? I mean, it's pretty... No. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know where to go. We have a president, a former president, who is still denying election, who is charged, like you said, four different times, twice by the feds. Um, uh, the, like we were talking yesterday, like the New York charges seem like passe at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I asked you yesterday, like, do, do you even remember what those charges are? And most people don't. And look, it's it's all important. It all needs to be looked at. But, you know, like now you have to start, you literally have to start ranking them, right? Right. Um, you know, I was eh. listening I was listening to a uh, reporter the other day, uh, and he said in their in their newsroom, they had to have their IT person create a Trump uh, like court date overlay to all their calendars so that they knew so they could figure out like where to be and where to go right, yeah, for various, you know. And but if you think about it, right, like you've got, you know, charges in New York, you've got charges in Georgia, you've got the federal charges for election interference, which are in DC for January sixth, but then the um, federal charges for the uh, documents is, I think that is in federal court down in Florida, <clears throat> right? right? Like, so, I mean, like, you're, you, like, if you're covering it in person, you know, I mean, you, you got to figure out if you need to be in New York, Georgia, Florida, or D.C. Um, it's just, it's, aside from the logistics, right? Like, just right. the, you know, the root of it, of what's behind it is, it's uh, just astounding. Well, and... What's also astounding is his popularity has gone up. Every time he gets indicted, his base gets more fired up and more loyal to him, which is... Which we've been calling that, you know, I've been calling that for a while um, with these, which is why I thought you had to be very... You had to be smart about your... Uh, about if you were a prosecutor, especially in New York and Georgia, about how you wanted to approach this. And as much as people want to say that the, you know, the politics and the actual criminal justice system shouldn't, shouldn't overlap. Well, I live in the real world where they do overlap, right? And so now you have to think about your strategy, right? Which is why I thought, uh, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the charges coming out of New York to begin with. You know, it's not a very strong case. It's something that's, you know, prosecute, you know, that's it's all often, financial. Yeah, it's often overlooked or, or not prosecuted, right? Like, and this, this seems like there were a lot of people in New York who were trying to 
sort of build their careers to a degree off of the popularity, and they rode that wave. So I, I don't off know. Off of the popularity of going after Trump. Right, exactly. Okay. Right. Like, you know, a big figure and a, a person that's that's very disliked and everything yeah, that goes and, with and, Trump. And is flat out insulted so many yeah, you know, and and now which, all which, which shouldn't matter, which but it, it does. shouldn't, but it does. And he, th- these are real criminal charges. These are real laws on the books in New York, and they, they, yeah, sure, go after him. But understand that you are going to be playing, you know, in fifth chair violin in this orchestra, going after this guy, right? Now, uh, the other part too is the idea of going after Trump, right? Because Trump. MAGA, the Republican Party, GOP, his supporters are all saying that this is a witch hunt and they're pulling out all the stops to stop him because he's the greatest threat to the deep state and whatever, right? right? But the reality is this guy goes out and, like you said, goes after attacks, insults, uh, um, you know, more than half, basically the population, right? <laughs> and and it, he he... Like loves it, revels in it, right? He lo- he revels in the in the in the disdain and the in the, you know the 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 just animosity and hate that people have for him. But he also like even more embraces the 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 support, right? And as he goes and he gets more obnoxious and louder and and you know uh, you know starting all the way into two thousand you know fifteen. Talking about you know the Mexicans sending you know rapists, rapists and murderers, murderers yeah. and all that, all this and and then you know his whole Muslim ban and then just as he continued to go down the line and you realize like you know ten years ago with another politician all like all of those any number of things that happened with Trump from the campaign through his first eighteen months in office would have been you know a death sentence for any other politician prior to Trump right. right? And but for Trump it wasn't right, and each each utterance of something nonsensical, each um, accusation that came from Democrats or liberals or whoever, you know, he only his his lore only grew all that more, right? And I didn't intend for that to rhyme, but we'll go with it, <laughs> right? Like so, so it, it only makes sense now that like as these charges come and, they, and, and there's more indictments and there's more media coverage of, you, you know, like Trump on trial, Trump on trial, right, that his support would grow um, and his people would dig in even further and sort of, you know, bond behind this idea that, right, like this is just a, a giant witch hunt and it's it's them versus Trump, right, or us versus, it's us and Trump versus them. Um, and now we have to support this guy even more because th- they're really going after him, completely ignoring the evidence that's there right. directly against him in each case. In some of these cases, you've got audio and video and written emails and texts and also, and they're just like now none of that matter. Oh, it's all witch hunt, right? Because now, because you have you even have people out there saying, well. Yeah, maybe he did do that, but so and so did it too. Who's a Democrat, right? Right. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, right? Hillary Clinton, right? Jeffrey Epstein, right? Like just, just pull out all those names, right? right? And they it, it, they immediately just turn around. It's not whether he did or didn't do something. It's that somebody else did it and got away with it. So then he should therefore he should therefore get a pass. And going after him just because you don't like him, even if he actually broke the law. Seems like it's against the Constitution. That is literally their argument. <laughs> well, right? and and 
in their defense, they believe it. <laughs> I mean, right. they don't know the Constitution. They don't know what they're talking about. They're getting their information from only sources that confirm their bias. They're hearing Trump himself get up there and say, "It's." he literally said, I'm getting indicted for you. I mean, he's literally making himself a martyr. Yeah. And it's working. Yep. Um, and what's, what's funny is the evangelical crowd uh, in Iowa is apparently like, who got who crushed him in the uh, 2016 race is now over two thirds in his camp. So Ted Cruz ran away with the evangelical crew in Iowa and now they're all Trump. And I've been banging my head against the wall for years saying, I mean, it's pretty much what drove me from Catholicism was evangelicals getting behind a guy who is clearly not a practicing Christian. Now I'm not one to judge, but if you're behind this guy, cause he's family values and he's, you know, the closest thing to and God's putting him in this place. It's like, if you, once you believe that, you can believe anything. And I think these pastors know that if they go against Trump, their congregation will turn on them. Right. And the fact that you've got pastors, reverends, whatever, that are even considering political implications to how they operate their church um, just tells you how fucked up this all is. Right. right? Like, we need separation between church and state. We've got church people literally like trying to figure out like how to bring politics into the church to appeal more to you know their congregation. Um, you've got the influence of the church uh, of evangelicals on policy, um, you know, in the Trump administration, and and just like looking at some of the people that he had who we know are, you know, on the extreme end of of some of this. Uh, religious zealotry, it's just, here's the other thing too, right? You're talking about evangelicals and banging your head up against the wall. Yes. I don't know why, because in reality, like what drove me from the church was the hypocrisy of the people in the church, not even getting up to your pastors, your priests or whatever. It was the people sitting next to me in the pews who have this religious higher moral authority, but you know, you see them outside the church and it's like that, that ain't very Christian of you. That's not very, you know, hundred percent. and, and you know, like that's what drove me from the church. And when my, cause my parents kind of confronted me on it, like, Hey, like you, you know, like you, you can't just pull away. And I'm like, look, why, why would I want to be involved in a church where, you know, they say this on Sunday, but they do this on Monday. These two things yeah, don't, can't coexist, right? And I was like, and I'm like, I, like, look, I, I believe in God, I believe in Christianity, the Bible, all that is great. But you're not going to sit me in a building with a bunch of people who are going to look down on me for whatever or criticize other people when they themselves, and it's not even... They, and, and it'd be different if they were asking for forgiveness for the sins, the, the mistakes that they made or whatever. No, they're, they're like th- that thing that I did was fully okay and fine. And I'm also this, you know, extremely religious person and I can justify my shit behavior with the button, right? Like, so it's not even asking for forgiveness, almost justifying their bad behavior through religion. Um, and like, so it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that. They're, that they're that they're teaming with him. It's just right. like, well, he's obviously not one of you, but it's it's not that it's not that really that far of a stretch to realize like they don't really give a shit. So you know, like the, right. 
the head banging that, that that's the part that kind of i'm banging my head on why you're banging your head you know because <laughs> i mean these people are so fake so yeah that's a, that's a very good point that once you're off once you're out the door and sometimes when you're in the door it's right in one ear out the other but i was in church and i believe in jesus therefore i'm automatically going to heaven or i'm catholic and i can just go ask for forgiveness so i can you know do whatever and right and um the uh before we move on to the next thing, there's also stories out there. I've heard multiple stories from multiple sources that Trump is not paying his lawyers. Well, yeah, now, now that's a big thing, right? And, and I'm glad you brought that in because, like, he's got, he got hit with a RICO charge down in Georgia, right? And when you're dealing with RICO charges, the whole strategy of the state when they hit you with the RICO charge is they want to cast a, a wide net. Right, like they're they're saying, all right, you've got this enterprise, this organization yep. that is vast, right? And we don't have a ton of, you know, we, we don't have a smoking gun that we can link you to for a murder or a bank heist or whatever, right? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna cast this wide net over your entire network and we're gonna put so much pressure on the entire network. Right, that eventually there will be a weak link and it will break. And hopefully it's more than one. And as we go, the the links get further and further up the chain closer to the main cog, right? And so where that comes into play here is, you know, you've got his former attorney, Jenna Ellis, right? Uh, who was his spokesperson or, or press secretary for a little bit or whatever. Um, then you've got Rudy Giuliani, right? And you've got uh, uh, Sidney Powell. You've right. got all the attorneys, right? And everybody else involved and all, all these other co-defendants in this case down in Georgia. And they're all saying, like, hey, like, this is, this, this is really expensive. These attorneys are, you know, we can't just go get Joe Blow off the street. We need these expensive attorneys. Trump, you, you got to help us out with money, right? MAGA Inc., you know, like, cut us a check. Right, and Trump's like, "Fuck you, fuck that." All like, if anybody's legal fees are being paid, it's gonna be mine. Also, I'm not big on paying my legal fees, so we'll just see how that goes. But none of the money is going to any of you invalids down there, right? So then, <laughs> all what what the state is banking on is Trump doing exactly what he's doing. Fuck you, I'm not paying. I'm not paying for your lawyers. I'm not. This is you all are adults. You all made your own decisions. Rudy Giuliani, Jill, Jenna Ellis. Uh, uh, Mark Meadow, whoever, you guys are all adults, you're on your own, figure it out, right? So now, some of those people are going to be like, all right, well, if he's not, like, if I did all this for him, throwing away a career, now I'm facing criminal charges, right? Whatever we did to the country, even though I knew it was dog shit, I did it for him, and now this dude is going to hang me out to dry? Oh, I'm giving you all the dirt. You can give me immunity, reduce my sentence, whatever, here's everything you need. Right? That's the scenario that the state is looking for. Whether it's Jenna Ellis, whether it's Rudy Giuliani, whether it's Sidney Powell, whether it, you know, like they, you know, like pick one of the other, sure. you know, 18 other people, they're, eventually some of those will break, not all of them, but they'll get enough out of them, out of that group that breaks, where they could take it all down. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're a lawyer, I'm not, but I got to imagine for any defendant, um, Shit gets real when you have to go check into the court jailhouse, right? Yep. I mean, you can talk big and I, I know stolen election, blah blah blah. When it's you have until then to go get fingerprinted, mugshotted, and you're probably in and out the door. 
Yep. But you're going to the same jailhouse that the... I think the real moment is arraignment. Okay. That's, that's when it, I think you're right. The fingerprinting and all that is kind of like, oh, this is... But when you're in a courtroom and it's you, your lawyer, maybe one other lawyer, and you're facing a judge and a bailiff and you've got prosecutors to your right, you know, now all of a sudden it's holy shit. Like right. this is this every is, word I say is now right part of a legal record and and if this if it, like and you also are now trying to come to terms with what's going to happen, right? Because most defendants know, right? I'm going to jail. I did this, right? Now the question is, how can I? What, what's the <clears throat> least damaging way for me to get out of this? Right. Once you're in that arraignment, because by that point in time, if you did it right, which all of these people, they did it right now, it's how the fuck am I going to get out of this with the least amount of damage done right now? If you're in, if you're truly innocent now, it's just like I, I'm, I'm I got to fight. I got to figure it out. You're, like you're trying to figure out that 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 path to absolute innocence. But these people, I don't think any of them have any delusions that they're walking out of there, you know, free and clear. Right. You know, so now it's just like, if I can't get out of here free and clear, which I feel is highly unlikely, then how the fuck am I going to get out of this? And that's when the wheels start turning about, well, what if I just, what if I just tell them everything I know, right? What, maybe they just give me immunity. Maybe I can't get out of here free, whatever. But that's, that's a, I think that's what's happening for a lot of these people right now. That, I mean, like you said, it's all fun and games when you're standing, when it's a press conference. right. Right, like when when there's when there's literally no accountability, and you've watched Trump say the wildest shit that you have probably advised him not to say, and then to your surprise, he gets away with it. So that emboldens you. You say more and more ridiculous shit, right? Like you get, and now all of a sudden, right? You're you're in a courtroom, and now you realize it's back to life. It's back to reality. Right. Right. So one other thing about Trump, he's not going to participate in the debate. I believe the debate's in Iowa. I believe that's where they're talking about it. There'll be eight participants. He will not be there. I have thoughts about that strategy, but I keep going back and forth. Like my first thought is that's really smart of him. He's got a huge lead. What, you know, all I do, if I'm Donald Trump, all I'm doing is bringing more eyes to the stage. And, you know, until, until I'm losing... I'm, I'm just staying back and letting the other people, you know, yeah, they're gonna badmouth me, and then I'll just get up there and find a nickname for them, and 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 just stop right there. That's it. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there is no benefit, plus side, upside, for him to go and do that debate. None. This is like I would absolutely say it and tell him to do the same thing if I were working for him. Like, don't you dare. I don't even want you in the state of Iowa, right? Like, I don't want you even in the same time zone. You be anywhere up and down the East Coast or on the, all the way on the West Coast or not even in the country, but you don't. You go nowhere near the Midwest, right? Like, you're going to act like you don't give a shit about this and we'll do something to pull people's attention away. And all you got to do is say, I would be there, but all these indictments are causing me to, you know, not have the time to, uh, to be there. No, and no, no, you don't even have to. No, 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 no. Why, why, you don't want to draw attention to the bad. Okay. It's easy. You just, you literally do exactly what, what's he, do you know what he's doing? He's doing an interview with Tucker Carlson. Oh, right. Right? 
Like now, but is, the, is it at the same time as the debate? Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's at the same time. I've, I've got I, I, it, I would hope so, I, because that's exactly what I would do. I would do this big event and you know stream it on Twitter X or whatever, uh, make it available on YouTube, do all that other stuff, and I'd do it exactly at the same time, right? And yep. I, but I wouldn't talk about the debate at all. I would talk about everything else that's happening in my direction and my mission for the country. That's what I would do, and let fucking Ron DeSanctimonious and you know uh, uh, Vivek and all those other people duke it out. I'm going to be very curious to see what the ratings are like for that debate. Because if people go to watch it, uh, see, another reason not to do it if you're Trump is you'll draw more eyes to your opponents because your ratings will be better with Trump on the stage. We just, that's just, I think, obvious. Um, if this thing is heavily viewed without him being there, that will say, say one thing to me. If essentially nobody watches it, then, because if it's heavily viewed, mostly by Republicans, I would assume, that would say to me there's people out there who are fishing for option B. And if well, I think there are people that are out there, there's some. And, and I share your same interest on what sort of ratings that the, the debates get because, you know, Ron DeSantis is just not performing well. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, he is definitely going up. Um, and he, listen, he, I don't like him. I right. think that he has. You know, he's a private sector guy that's jumping into this, like, like he's trying to take the same path as Trump, and he's giving you, he's actually, he's doing exactly what Ron, DeS what I said Ron DeSantis should do. I was about to give you credit. He's doing, like, he's doing, and look what, look what's happening. He, like, there is no fucking reason that Vivek Ramaphuckin-Swamy should be anywhere near Ron DeSantis in this race, Right? Like for he's got so many things stacked against him as to why he should like he you know like one just his name's Vivek Ramaswamy yeah his name his skin right race all that other stuff right but he positioned himself and he said fuck all that who cares right he and he this is exactly the analysis that he him and his team did at the end of the day if I go in hard and fast that I am on their side for them and that the Democrats, liberals, that they're the enemy. And I support the things that they want to hear and I come out and I do it in a way that gives President Trump props. I stay away from the criticism of him, but I don't I, I don't support anything that he's doing that he's being he's being, you know, accused right. of. But I support him on the policy issues, right? If you right. want to say policy, right? The culture war issues. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, and 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 take those, but actually give them some depth, right? And then I don't focus on attacking a Ron DeSantis or a Nikki Haley or a Tim Scott. I just say this is what my platform is, and I repeat it with enthusiasm, and I get out amongst the people. Right, and show them that I am sincere and that I have that I'm looking out for them. I'm on their side, right? And that's that's it, right? Because now that's that's hit that's his whole platform, right? And Ron DeSantis, he could have done the same thing and said, I'm just going to focus on on helping the state of Florida, right? But then getting out and going out and meeting people and all that other stuff, but just stay on the platform. Right, but instead he got into this whole thing about woke, 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 woke. Right, like every other right. word out of his mouth is woke. Right, he starts going after Donald Trump. He creates this whole Trump versus DeSantis thing, and he's losing. 
Batman. right? And he's and he's fighting the wrong battle, right? And and Vivek is doing is doing exactly what I said he sh- what Ron DeSantis should have done, and he's just he's just going straight up. I want to go back to a previous Ron DeSantis uh, advice that you gave, that um, I think you were dead right on. You told him stay in Florida, shut the fuck up, let this all mess ha- sort itself out, and then be the conquering hero Lately. in the 11th, in the 11th hour. Yep. And boy, I bet he wishes he did that now. <laughs> now he's driving, he's running all over the country. Um, he's being, he's become a punchline. I mean, yes. as, as, as qualified as he is in terms of, you know, experience and, and whatever, he's a punchline now and he has way less charisma than I thought he did. <laughs> right. Which is crazy because you said he didn't have any, right? Like, so, I mean, it's just, well, no, no, no. I don't, I, no, you didn't say he didn't have any. I mean, it, it just, it's, there were plenty of people who told me between Twitter and the people that I know in the political sphere that said he, he is so bad. And, and I was the one who stood on the, if he does this, right, and you just let his resume speak for itself, I'm telling you, he, and they're like, yeah, but he's never going to do that. You don't understand. He's going, like, he's going to slit his own throat. And I said, there's no way he could be that dumb. Like, they, like he's got a fucking path to the White House. And they're like, just wait and see. And I said, okay. Right? And I, I they were right. When you can't control your ego, Ooh, all the Trump. other shit doesn't help or it doesn't save you. Man. Um, well, then again, Trump can't control his ego and he's... Uh, that. Well, I mean, he's, he's not exactly in a great position right now. I sure. mean, oh, no. you know, I mean, like he's got, you know, he's got to deal with two federal judges, one that definitely don't like him. Um, or doesn't buy his, into his bullshit. I'll say that. Whether I mean, it's not right to say whether they like him or not, but they don't. She, you know, she's definitely not buying into his legal team's tactics or you know his tactics in the media. Um, you know, he's got. You know, again, we keep referencing New York, but the the charges in Georgia are are really are probably his are the worst case scenario, right? Because there's a lot of actual hard evidence yes. that that does not bode well for him and his, you know, 17, 18 other co-defendants. Right. Co-conspirators. One thing that I heard also, and I want to, I'm not trying to blindside you with this, a um, uh, little foreshadowing there, um, but uh, I was hearing an argument made that the 14th Amendment could cause him to not be eligible to run for president because if you held an elected office and then rebel against the government, you cannot hold future office. Something to that effect. Okay. Yes. So I've heard this argument. I, I got to think about it. Okay. Uh, and I, look, I'm not a constitutional lawyer um, where that's my main focus in study. So I think, I, let me see what some other people a little smarter than me are going to say on this. Um, I, because I don't know. Okay. I, I'm uh, sorry. I, I, never, just, I never even thought of that angle until I, I heard someone talking about it. Like, yeah. That's interesting. I, I saw it and, and I looked into it, but I, there wasn't enough analysis around it for for me to help kind of figure out my thoughts on it okay um and this is one of those things where look i, I have no problem telling you I don't, I don't i don't know because we ain't seen something like this right not, not in the see, last hundred fucking years we are in such uncharted territory <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if that's even right. an option but i mean again his his crew will go nuts and claim that now you're weaponizing the constitution like Oh, that constitution that you love so much, even though you haven't read it in, uh, ever, ever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's and look, I, I think 
there aren't enough people who are willing to say, I don't know, <laughs> and I need to figure out what my actual opinion on this is based off of, you know, relevant factual information. Um, you know, so, I, you know, I, I mean, what I could tell you is just based off of the charges and what's in the Constitution, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just, I, get, I, 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 you know, saying now, you don't if, know. I, if, know, I know less than you on this one. So. If he, I'm not trying to, make I'd have to look hurt. again. <laughs> yeah. I have to look again at what he specifically was charged with on January 6th. Um, because I don't think that they hit him with a, uh, a sedition charge. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I, I just, and I think if, if he got the sedition charge, yes, absolutely. Uh, if found guilty, but if not, and it's just you know election interference, I think you're gonna have a it, it's a stretch to make that it's a gray area, right? Like so, I have to look at exactly what the charges are to then compare it to the text in the on, in the Fourteenth Amendment, and then sort of see what sort of hoops you got to jump through to get there, and then listen to the guys that are smarter than me and see how they get there and see if my path is right, and then. Then right. I, then I get and tr truthfully, if you're Trump, you're then hoping it goes to the Supreme Court quickly, which it might actually, and you're counting on the court having having your back. Whether or not that's legit, I'm sure that's where his mind is. Yeah. Speaking of January 6th, a bunch of the Proud Boys got um, uh, sentenced, and some of the sentences were pretty lengthy. I think one guy was recommended for 30 years. Were they sentenced, or were the the recommendations provided by the by uh, the DOJ, well, and I, then the judge will make the final determination on the sentencing? I think in a couple of cases the sentencing has occurred, and I know okay. one guy was one guy. I think his name was Chris Worrell. I looked it up the other day, but I forgot. Uh, I think his name was Chris Worrell. He's in Florida on home release. Uh, uh, Naples, right? Yep, and he split. Yeah. So and they're like, well, he's got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and when he was in jail, like they denied his treatment. I'm like, so why, like, where'd he go, right? Like, how does that explain that, like, his disappearance? Oh, no, I don't think... No, 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 I'm not, that's just my, like, so, you know, he disappeared, he did disappear, but, you know, the, the, the messaging behind, like, from his wife and everything else was, well, he was really mistreated, he was mistreated while he was in jail, he's got cancer, he was denied treatment in jail, so... You know, they sent he, him on a home release. Right, he was home on home release. So that, like that, they're saying that's why he left. And I'm like, so no, he skipped because he, he left because he didn't want to go to jail. Now, if you if you're saying his reasoning is he didn't get get a treatment in jail uh, for the diagnosis, okay, but like, what type of treatment is he going to get as a fugitive on the run? <laughs> right, like well, I, I, I mean, I, that's going to be his defense. You're right. You, you know, like that. That's just what I'm trying to figure. I'm not sure, like if. That may explain it, but I just, I don't know if the, you know, I, I just feel like he may have hurt his chances with the whole cancer thing, if it was serious, um, by going on the run. Because I think, like, going, it's one thing when you're being held. It's another thing when you're convicted in federal prison. Then I'm pretty sure at that point they'll give you the appropriate treatment. Now, I, I shouldn't it's say I'm pretty not, sure. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't have the best, we don't treat our, our prisoners the best. Um, but I don't know. I have to imagine that if they're talking about gender affirming care in prison, then getting care for cancer has got to be on the books, right? I would imagine. 
you know, I mean, and that's not saying that people shouldn't get gender affirming care in prison or whatever. I mean, I, that's a different debate. But if if there if there's even an argument for that, then it's got to be based on that you can get other forms of medical care. And I have to imagine having cancer is something that is on that list right. of, of things I mean, that they take care of. Once you're, uh, uh, you know, I could see it not happening leading up to, um, and I'm not saying that it's right, but it's different once you're actually convicted. Right. You know. Well, we'll see what happens when the guy turns up, if he turns up. I mean, who knows? Right. Um, so this week, switching to the Democrats, there was a summit in at Camp David between delegates from South Korea and Japan, which is like the first time in a very long time. That 20 we've had, years. 20. And this, I keep doing the whole... What did it feel like leading up to World War II talk? And this is one of those things that, okay, now Korea and Japan are kind of cozying it up to the U.S., which is going to make China respond well, in South some... South Korea. What's that? Well, did it's I important. Say, did I say North? No, you oh. just said Korea in oh, general. South, yeah. but it, it, the reason why I'm saying that is, that, like, we, we, we need to be very intentional with our words, language, uh, because part of the reason why this summit happens is, you know, China, Russia, North Korea are all starting to have a more open relationship, praising each other and, you know, like coming closer together, not just not only from a military standpoint, but in the financial world as well. Um, And South Korea, Japan being, you know, more democratic nations and and saying, all right, well, we're not going to get in bed with China and Russia and North Korea. So we can set aside our differences. We'll have a summit with the U.S. and you know we can help protect each other. Now, for some people, if you don't know the history there, Japan ruled over Korea in the early 20th century, right. and they were dicks the whole time. I mean, they sent all the Korean boys to you know to the uh, Japanese military, and they were you know they treated them very poorly. Um, and often sent them into very bad situations to die. Then they took the Korean women and had them as comfort women and, and prostitutes at very young age, uh, ages, um, you know, early teens, and just gave you know sure. the life of a sex worker in you know the early 1900s in in Japan. Just you know, not great. Use your imagination. Yep. Um, um, so, but. Like, so that happens. Japan eventually, you know, Korea gets their independence. They split north and south. Uh, But Japan has been very sort of um, had a revisionist history sort of view of their rule over Korea at that point during that time. And South Korea is like, fuck are you talking about? You literally took all of our children and either sent them to die in war or made them prostitutes. You guys need to actually apologize for that in a real way and Japan's like you guys are kind of overreacting it's not that big of a deal we're cool now and that's sort of been the yeah. back and forth between the two countries over the last uh, you know 50 plus years yeah and and that's, again a lot of people don't know that but it's a really ugly history between Japan and a lot of you know certainly the Korean peninsula and then other countries because Japan was very imperialistic i mean yes it just how their culture was. Yeah, and there's a lot of people, and, and it's important that I think we break it out like that because there are people who are like, this is not that big of a deal. Japan and South Korea have, have always right. have always been the best of friends, so why is this a big deal? It's just like, eh, it ain't what no. you think it is. No. Um, so you said you wanted to talk about the democratic strategy. Right. 
Tell me what it is, because I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just want to take time to sort of reiterate they don't have a strategy. Uh, and if they do, it's, it's terrible, and, and no one knows what it is, and it's not working. And they have an opportunity right now, you know, whether you want to say it's the DNC or the, uh, you know, the leaders of the Democratic Party, whether they're official, whether they have official DNC titles or not. And what you're not seeing from the Democrats is them pushing back at what's happening on the other side, right? They're, I think what their strategy is, look, just let the Republicans eat themselves and then we'll come out and we'll win this election in 24, no problem. And look, the problem is the Republicans are eating themselves, right? Cannibalizing themselves to a degree, right? Between your DeSantis and Trump crowds, like they are just going after each other. It's vicious on social media. It's vicious in the actual media. You know, like the, the, this will cause damage to that side. I don't even know if you want to call it the Republican Party anymore, but this the the, right. the battle between Trump and DeSantis will leave scars. Um, and the issues with Trump and his indictments, you know, again, he's in four different states. Two of the indictments are federal. Like, that's going to be problematic. And you can, if you're Democrats, what they're doing is saying, just let that shit ride out, and then we'll be able to take advantage on the other side. But they, they need to come out and they need to take firm statement because, like, the Trump and the MAGA and the Cena's crowd, they're still th lobbing bombs right. over the fence at, you know, the Democrats and progressives and basically anyone who doesn't agree with them. But they're doing it. It's not as nearly as pointed and, and uh, uh, focused as it was before because now all the infighting with, with that side. So the Democrats need to come out and push back and, like, look, everything that – that you're seeing here where Trump is just comes to show you that chickens come home to roost or whatever, right? right. Um, like you have, you have to, and as they lob some of this bullshit out, you have to push back against it, right? With facts, like real facts and data. Like you can't just throw word salad at it. Like you need to come back and, and combat it with, with actual information. Uh, and they're not doing it. And well, here's what they are doing that I've seen and I think it's a very much a losing strategy, is they're basically saying, look at how good the economy is under Bidenomics. So basically saying, we're forcing Biden down your throat, which I don't know anyone who wants to see Biden run again other than Joe and Jill Biden. Um, and they're trying to say to you, the economy's doing great, the economy's doing great. But if you're that, that's such an out-of-touch Washington mentality, because you're like, look, unemployment's low. Go to, the, go, to, go to the bar down the street from me and tell people how great the economy's doing, and they will tell you you're out of your fucking mind. They might be wrong. If you look at the economic indicators, you might be able to say Biden's actually done a great job. Inflation didn't hit the U.S. as bad as it hit most of Europe. You can say all these things, and anyone who is not a Biden fan is going to look at you and go, you're out of your fucking mind. Fair I, or not. I, I, look, I think anybody that, uh, you know, anyone who lives in it, like, look, the economy, the economy right now, and the market and all like the, these are all different entities right and so the economy and the indicators that you see on cnbc um are not the same as the indicators that the average person walking around on the west side of cleveland is looking at thinking about in their day-to-day -day, right right and that's also different than what 
you know, guys like our friend Market Bin are looking at when they're making decisions on how to move their money within the market. These are all three different things, and Democrats, Biden, his administration, whatever, are completely out of touch with the other two, right? The market and Market Bin and all those guys really don't give a shit about the other two only except for how it impacts what's going on in their market, right? right. You know, I mean, like, because they they don't look at, they they don't care about fairness to the people and everything else. It's just like, how is this political decision going to impact the markets? Like, that's their thing. And it's not fair to say that they don't care, but eh, they don't care. Also, they've got talking points for every economic point you make. You make a point that unemployment is low. Oh, those numbers are bullshit. Those numbers don't count for people who gave up on looking for a job because the economy is so bad. That was talking point for unemployment going way down under Obama. They'll bring that gem right back up. And just, you know, there's, there's well, a one-liner I, I, for everything. Yeah, but it's less about, like, I think you have to, like, you can't dismiss the average person on the street, what they're feeling and, and, and how they're experiencing this period in time. You, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And, and so you, you need to hear what they're saying because it's not aligning. You know, it, if it's not aligning with the actual policy that's that's coming out from the administration, whether it's Biden or anyone's, right, right, like then you have a disconnect between the two, and that's problematic. And we've had that for an extended period of time, in a lot of different instances. But at the same time, it it, it could align, right? It could it, it like it, based off the experience on the ground, the administration's policies could be the right policies to help impact that in a right way. But the problem is, is that it takes time for those policies to actually take effect so people can feel it. And so the complaints that you get from the people on the ground, they, they match the policy, but the complaints are still there because people can't feel it yet, right? Like it's not right. an instantaneous sort of win, right? But you still have to look at all those different factors closely to figure out are we responding the right way to what's actually happening on the ground? Yes or no, right? right. And then if it's if it's yes, then hey guys, it's going to take time. If it's no, then all right, what do we need to change? But I, I'm also trying to emphasize, and I think you're saying the same thing. The Washington bubble, the the disconnect between the Washington bubble and the person on the street in Cleveland, Ohio, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, is so bad. That you know, Biden's probably hearing, you're doing a great job, Mr. President. Unemployment's an all-time low. Great. I'm sure people will love me for this. Not in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's I, exactly so, right. Like, so I, you, well, yeah. That, right. I mean, that's just it. I mean, like, so yeah. just, again, going back to the strategy, it's, I, it's not so much, I wasn't coming at it from what should Biden do from a policy standpoint or even what he should do from a media standpoint. Um, well, no, I should say it should be more about what he's doing from a media standpoint and then the rest of the Democratic Party following his lead. So I think he does need to come out and say more about what's happening to Trump. I think he does need to come out and talk more about some of the claims that are being made by some of the Republican candidates that are running. Right? I think he needs to come out with like solid information to combat that across the board and let that set the tone for the rest of the party. Right, so that you're different people in the con- in Congress and the Senate, and you're talking heads, right? Like when they go on the Sunday shows, that everyone is saying the same message, and they're saying it in the same way, and that they they're making the same reference points, and it's a very coordinated resistance against what's coming from the right, 
right? Because their message isn't necessarily coordinated, but it's all the same, right? And they're in, in whether they're whether it's it's Trump or DeSantis or Vivek or you know, and then everybody else doesn't really much matter in that. People, I think, just like the idea of Chris Christie, but in reality, he's polling at two percent, so I don't right. think they like him that much. Um, but they're all all of those candidates that I just named are all attacking Democrats the same with the same sort of issues. Yep, the anti-woke. Right? right, and all the anti-wokeness. And so what needs to happen is that Biden and everyone everyone down the hill, they need to come out with the information to combat that, but it needs to be real and solid, and they need to be firm behind it, but they need to understand how to message that in a way where you're not shoving it down the throat in in a in an uncomfortable way, right? Like you have to ease it in there, right? Like, in, <laughs> all right. But you know Let's what I'm saying. How long we to go with that? <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying, though, I do. right? Like I do. They, they like look. You need a strategy. You need tact. And I'm not seeing it. And they can talk about saying that they have a strategy, but th- th- we all see that that's bullshit. Right. And we also see that no one is running against Biden as a Democrat in the in a primary as of right now. But and I, and I think that's a problem. I think it's a huge problem. But but for Biden is a huge problem because if someone did, I will bet you they opened polling very well because I think as much as people, uh, you know, voted for Biden uh, in twenty twenty because it was a we can't take this Trump guy anymore. Um, there's a lot of people who are just going to say I I can't vote for either of these ancient white guys. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why there's a lot of people out there who don't want to vote for either guy. Um, I think you're right that if there were a Democratic challenger, that that would push Biden. But again, I'm operating from the idea that that's not going to happen, right? And I'm, I, and so since since you don't have that push, right? And we know it's not going to happen because the DNC has made it so that it won't happen. But um, what you need to see, though. Right, like recognizing that there's not going to be someone to push Biden to make him address issues, then he needs to be proactive in addressing issues down the line, right, and kind of in, in throwing up a large defense shield now, right? right, like while while there's a ton of attention on Trump and while there's a ton of attention on DeSantis going the wrong direction, he needs to fortify his position down the line on all these various things and you do that with showing facts and data and support, right? And getting that information out there to make it even harder for the other side to combat, right? Get the real numbers out there. Make sure that they're in very clear charts and graphs that people can read and understand, right? And get that information out there in mass right now. We know what their arguments are. We know what their platform is, right? So get all the information that pushes back against it and lay it out there now. So then as you, as you whittle them away and you're focusing, you can say, hey, I've been consistent this whole time telling you this is what the issues are and this is how we're going to address them. That's, that's what I would do. And I think that if, if he does that, then they end up in a good place. But, yeah. Well, he, and he's now in Maui because of the fires out there, which I don't have anything to say other than I, my heart goes out to those people. I mean, yeah. it sounds like one of the worst fires in U.S. history. Um, it, you know, I... Don't want to sound flippant, but you know when the Canadian wildfires were going on, my thought was environmentally this is terrible. It's, you know it's 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 a, a bad thing, but um, I wasn't thinking about massive loss of life. And this this fire in 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 Hawaii apparently killed 
over 100 people and they're saying <clears throat> there's unaccounted for people that are just never going to be accounted for. Well, I mean, you've got 1,000 people that are missing and you've got 100 confirmed deaths and it's just, there's a big concern that a lot of the, a lot of the those that are missing could be kids. Um, yeah. And I don't I don't know exactly what happened, but apparently they sent the kids home early from school for some reason and then the fires happened and, you know, so there's this awful idea that, like, there's a lot of kids who might have yeah. burned at home. Um, it's I, just It's, it's, it's awful. I didn't uh, want to talk about it, but I, like, yeah, you can't I mean, not. Well, I mean, I just, it's important. Like, listen, there's a number of different ways that you can give. Like, please don't let politics get in the way. Um, you know, give to Red Cross. Give to some of these nonprofits that are there on the ground that, you know, that have, you know, that are FEMA certified and everything else to, because they need resources. Um, it's a hard place to get to. It's a hard place to get resources to. Um, you sending um, dried canned goods, that, like that makes things harder for them. Send them money so that they can deal with the logistics of getting people the supplies that they need. Um, you know, don't get caught up in the conspiracy theories that it was space lasers from the government to make money, to take the land from the poor people to give to the rich people. That's a lot of bullshit coming out of the Trump, MAGA, conservative, conspiracy, QAnon camp. Um, those people are looking to, you know, they're doing all this on social media, right? Like, they're not coming out and saying this. In real, like, they're all doing it on Twitter or Facebook or TikTok in places where they can monetize their thoughts, right? right? Like, and so the crazier the thoughts, the more reaction that they get, the more they get paid, especially on Twitter, so be very careful of people coming out with radical, crazy claims on Twitter, and they've got 40, 50, 100,000 million followers. Like, there's a reason why they're trying to drive people to their, their, their pages. Um, so just be careful with that. Try to put the politics aside. Help these people. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a very long, long road to recovery. I don't even know if you can call it recovery because that place is not going to be the same. Right. Um, whatever there is going to be different. Um, and it's going to have to be, and hopefully we, you know, we can get enough support behind them so that it's, it's, it's less of an awful situation. Yeah. And meanwhile, we still have a war going on in Ukraine and now Poland and Belarus are starting to bow up and get near their borders. The president of Belarus, whose name I won't try to pronounce, um, said basically that if we feel we've been attacked in an aggressive way, that we're willing to use nukes and they have them. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be alarmist guy but this scares the shit out of me it's I mean, how it, it's it, look this war has definitely gone on longer than most anyone thought and it is it is escalating and, and you bring up references to world war ii when we talk about this a lot and and you know yeah there's there's a lot there are definitely a lot of similarities i've always said that i've said since you've been saying that though there are some huge Major differences, differences um that that change I think how this will all go down, but the reality is, is that you, you still have a very scary situation there between what's actually happening on the ground right now, currently with you know Ukraine trying to push you know Russia out. Right. Um, unclear on what's happening with Russia. It sounds like they're taking some heavy losses, um, but they have a lot of people. But you know, at some point, like you know, how how, how long are you going to be able to send in waves of people to get killed? And not have people saying, "I'm not. I if I'm gonna die, <laughs> then I'm gonna try to die. I'm gonna die trying to get rid of you, so I don't have to die out there." Or getting get just getting out of Russia. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, but well, I mean, I think they are 
you know, kind of pretty good, the, pretty good at stopping that. Yeah. yeah, putting the clamps down on people trying to get out for this very reason. Uh, and also, they don't want people to get out of Russia because then people will have access to other information. True. Um, so I, I, it's an ugly situation. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have a lot of input on it because, I, again, we're just another critical situation where it's uncharted territory. Right. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, we've had wars before, but you're talking about World War Three, multiple nuclear powers, and with everything that we have going on right now, you know, you're worried about China and Taiwan. You're worried about North Korea. You're, you know, you've got Russia and what they're doing. You've got the war with Europe, but then there's also where does the U.S. fit in and all that. Like, this is just, uh, this is approaching a DEFCON 1 sort of situation. That's, okay. And you're kind of agreeing with me. And No, I, I am, and it's just... I, but I, I don't know, I don't think we can go off of history. I think we have to look at history and glean from it whatever we can. But I don't know if there's a roadmap on this one. I, I, I completely agree with that because the world is so different than it was in World War II. And then the world got kind of reshaped after World War II um, and the fall of, of the uh, Soviet <laughs> Empire and everything else. I and mean, there's so I many. You're say the fall of Khan. Khan! Fall of Khan! All right. <laughs> Use that as a segue to. I don't know how that becomes a segue to Elon Musk and uh, and X. Which Elon. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly how it plays out. What? It just sounds dumb for me when I say I put something out. I put a post on X. Like yeah, I don't Twitter know. I just call. Name. I just call it Twitter X. I don't know. Whatever. It's usually literally what I say. Twitter X. I don't know. Whatever. Um, the reason why I brought it up though, so he's removing the block feature from it okay. and. But he also, people, a lot of people push back, and a lot of his celebrity friends, whether, I mean, James Wood, James Woods pushed back on it. Um, other people that he has openly shown support for have pushed back on him saying, hey, like, removing the block button is kind of a dangerous move because there are crazy people out there, and if they've got access to my timeline, they've got access to me, and that could put me in danger. Right, like I didn't even think of that angle. I was just thinking more of well, harassment. The well, right, like, but it's that's the angle, right? That's the big part of reason. Like, it's actually required. Um, a block button is required for an app to remain on the Apple App Store, and that's been in place for mm. a few years now, because they they view it as a safety feature, right? Like, so if they remove the block button, then are right. all the people that and listen, we've blocked probably over a hundred different accounts for various reasons. Um, How many times have we been blocked? Ballpark. I don't. I don't know. Probably. Okay. I mean, and you don't know, right? You don't get a notification saying. Yeah, you've there's been a blocked. few. There's a few that have been pretty demonstrative about blocking us, um, me or whatever. Um, yeah, I can think of three cases where they wanted to make sure that I knew that they blocked me. Okay. Um, and so typically, what I do with that is literally nothing. I don't acknowledge it. Um, I don't say anything about it, which I know infuriates them because, like, even though they block, they can still go back and look at us, but we can't see anything about them. Um, but anyway, the the main point is that, I, again, I'm in the camp of pretty much everyone else on his app <laughs> um, okay. that this is a bad idea for them to remove the block button. Now, what he's saying is, like, well, you can mute them. You won't be able to see what they post. Um, and then you don't have to deal with them anymore. It's like, but if they That's can... exactly see, your point, though. <laughs> but if they can see, if they can still see me and have access to me and see what I'm doing or my movements or my patterns or whatever I'm posting, 
and then use that to piece that together to even even if it's not to physically attack me, but they can use that information to continue right. to mount a campaign against me in some way, shape, or form. Then I just lose control over that, and I sh- and it's a control. There's no reason for them to take it away, right? Like, but he's doing it because for some reason I think he thinks that it helps his something about his his metrics. You know, I, I know this is not so much a Twitter thing; it's more of an Instagram or or TikTok thing. But I'm having thoughts about if you're one of those girls that tries to be a social media influencer, and you get some creep who's like. I know where, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and that guy's stalking you online. Right. And now... <laughs> like, you yeah, don't want like, him... To, like, like Livy Dunn does not need... She needs the ability to block people. I guarantee it. If you don't right. know who Livy Dunn is, she's a gorgeous gymnast from LSU. She's got like a zillion followers and whatever. But she's... I'm sure she has dealt with some real creeps over, the, over her time. Yes. And I'm sure she blocks them. And yeah. again, she's on Instagram mostly, I think, so... But... Thanks. Or TikTok, for, I don't know. Okay. Um, they... But just yes, that's that's a reason. And like, got like if she finds someone uh, aggressive or she is creeped out by them, then those people should no longer have access to her. And I think that is perfectly right, exactly. fair. Yes, um, for her to expect so to take that, you know, on Twitter because well, I just don't think it's a, you know like right. a, his and I guarantee his reasoning is somehow I guarantee you that everyone blocking everyone that they don't like somehow hurts that algorithm or You're some sort right. of metric, right? So if he can figure if he can figure out some sort of go-between, then he's going to do it because somehow he thinks that'll boost the value of the overall app, right? And we know that he wants to turn this app into this sort of all-inclusive sort of thing where you do all your banking and maybe you run everything through it, right? From like, it, it, you all know... There's more reason to be able to block people. Right, it, <laughs> but I think he's saying he wants to open up you know, the right. world of commerce or whatever. Right. So I'm all about free speech. Okay. Well, yeah, great. It's just, I, I don't know. Um, it's just something to, to be aware of. I don't know if it's going to happen still or when it's going to happen. He does things in his own way, but it's just something to sort of watch out for. And like, they've actually made it hard. Like I went to go unfollow someone cause I couldn't, and I don't know. I think we asked maybe, uh, I, don't, I don't know how we ended up following this person, but I didn't want to follow them anymore. And, like, they made it a little bit harder to figure out how to go and unfollow someone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like they're, they're trying to make it – they want people to stay as – they want as many people connected to as many people as possible. And they want to remove the ability for you to, you know, sort of basically create your own silo. Right, yep. which grand scheme of things, I don't know. Maybe for the greater good, that's maybe what you want. But at the same time, no, because people are fucking crazy. And by the way, you said a while ago that if we get Stormy Daniels on the show, she was coming on the show. While that offer stands, if Livy Dunn hears this and wants to tell us about her experience in social media, she's coming on the show. Okay. All right. Um, last thing, real quick. Michael Orr is uh, claiming that he was tricked into signing essentially a. Um, uh, what, not power of attorney. What's the, oh, uh, the thing they had on Britney Spears? I'm drawing a freaking conservatorship. Blank. Conservatorship. Thank you. Jeez. Straight, straight stones over, folks. This is not Jim with whiskey this time. Um, yeah, conservatorship. So he's saying basically that he got duped by them. Now I remember seeing an interview with Michael Orr way back when the movie The Blind Side came out. So if you don't know this, Michael Orr's the feature of the movie The Blind Side, starring Central Bullock, made a bunch of money, and now he's basically saying. 
you know, I should have gotten a piece of that. And I don't know why he didn't. I also remember him you know, clearly saying that um, he didn't like the movie because it portrayed him as some oaf who needed Mrs. Tui to come out and teach him how to, you know, stop being so soft and be, you know, pretend you're, pre whatever. But he had one, one story about uh, Mrs. Tui. When she first, when he got, first got drafted by the Ravens, um, she went to Joe Flacco and said, you need to get rid of the ball quicker so my son can do his job better. And Joe Flacco, established quarterback for the Ravens, has a rookie's mom telling him how to do his job. He makes a comment to Michael Orr, and Michael Orr tells his mom, stay out of this shit. You can't do that. And her response was to go back the next day and look for Joe, Joe uh, Flacco saying, where's the tattletale? I want to talk to the tattletale. <laughs> um, that was a great story. <laughs> it is. And it's, uh, I mean, yes, I, I've got my thoughts on, on that. But uh, look, uh, it's, I don't know enough about it. I, I don't know whether they adopted him or not or what they had him sign or what they didn't sign. I don't know what the split was on the movie, right. what sort of like that, and that's what makes it hard, like to figure out like who's right or wrong, and that's why you yeah, take this stuff to court or exactly. someone, right? I mean, I've seen people out there. Oh well, Michael Orr's broke, and now he's trying to go find money, and I'm like, I don't know. Michael Orr made a lot of money as a player, and doesn't seem to me to be the type that would go spend it wildly on stupid things. Although you never know, you never know. But, but I, I agree. I mean, he seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. As, as you know, and then about her trying to teach him, I. So the story that you told about his, uh, his adopted mom yeah. or whatever, um, like I've heard that as well, um, and I think I heard it from Joe Flacco. Maybe I think Joe Flacco. Told I think as I heard it from either him, yeah. him or Michael Orr. It was one of those. Yeah, and and I, I definitely didn't hear from Michael Orr. I'm almost positive that it was Michael or Joe Flacco telling the story. And and what I would say is where I think in the movie they didn't portray him. I, I agree with his sort of take on how they betrayed yeah. him, but I 100% believe that, that if that woman had the balls to go to Joe Flacco and tell him, hey, you need to get rid of the ball quicker, then I have no doubt that she had no problem going up to a high school coach or a college coach and saying whatever. Now, he may not have needed her to say it, but she don't seem like the type, like if you've seen an interview with the actual mom, she don't seem like the type where, where it, like her husband, Michael, Joe Flacco, Jim Hart, no one was going to tell that woman to, like, go away. She was she right. just not that type. So I think it was probably a, a – they could have done a better job of making Michael – of doing a better representation of Michael Orr, but they probably did a pretty good representation of, of Tinder Bullock. Tinder Bullock. <laughs> well, but no, I think, I think you're probably right. And um, I'd say, you know, it's kind of a sad thing to me that this was such a feel-good story and then you peel back a couple layers. I mean, I understand why they portrayed her as the – matriarch who changed his life. Hollywood does that shit. Um, and I understand with Michael Orr, I'm going, yeah, okay. But then it's, wait, you made how much money off this? Two yeah. And I got zip? Uh, we got to talk. And yeah. I, I, that's just, you know, the courts will play out and we'll stay with this if it becomes interesting, but I just had to put it out there. I just wanted to tell, I just wanted to tell the tattletale story. Okay. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. I got to go. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram, Twitter, X, and threads, and we're done. Thank you.